What is up, members of the Izone? And welcome back to a Friday edition of Impact Izone, Season 7, Episode 8. As always, it is me, myself, and I, Julian Mitchell, in the host chair, alongside Trent Bally and Natalie Kerwin. Queen Kerwin! This episode of Queen Impact Kerwin. is on Queen Kerwin. In the flesh. <laughs> That's a Big new- trust. Whoa, whoa. Queen <laughs> Kerwin. I love she that. Is. That's a By new nickname way. that emerged yeah. after the Penn State game. It just flows so well. By the way, apparently work. there's three people in the host chair. Me, myself, and I. That's what Julian said. Yeah, it's me. Rewind the tape. body. Hit the little, hit the little 15 soul, seconds back button. And then my ego all sitting yeah. in this chair. Yeah. That's what Julian, I mean, that's what you said, right? It is. It Here is. it is. Me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. I liked it. Julian Mitchell. I like that. The one and only. Thank you. Yeah. How y'all doing? Good. How I know are that's you? your question. I'm stealing your stuff. But oh no, it's okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm fantastic. Other than the fact that my car is getting worked on right now. I love my car. I'm a very big like I, I'm not a car guy. Do you have a name for it? Yeah. Young Hova. Wow. I was expecting <laughs> I mean, you have a blue <laughs> what? Ford Nothing Focus? Less. I thought it yeah. was just gonna be like Little blue or like something cute. No, I mean my Young friend, my Hova? one of my friends calls it old blue, and I think that that's kind of offensive. So I don't call it that. I call it Young Hova, two thousand eight blue Ford Focus. It's not that old. It went through I have a phase an where too. you do, yeah. yeah, yeah the, I think we've talked about this. Yeah, but yours doesn't have an aux, which is preposterous. I know it is. That's the only downfall about the car. It's got yes. leather seats, Insane. a sunroof. It's, it's got insane. everything I could ever ask for. Yeah, see, mine does not have cord, That really something. sucks. Yeah, no ox cord. I know. So I br- not using Natalie's car so for have... a road trip. <laughs> I know. I. I don't know. No, it's, it's sad. Don't let. It's sad. Don't but you let know what? Us you know what? Get you down. If Julian you like your was... car, you like your no, car. No, I do. I love my car. I love well, everything about it. Her there name is. is Heidi. Heidi. Yes, because it's a Hyundai. <laughs> Heidi the Hyundai. Uh, so that's yes. That's yep. Hyundai Santa Fe. Um. Julian was making fun of me because I had like a little speaker thing up on the dash. Remember, I have to put my own portable speaker in there if I want to listen to my own music. Was it just a speaker on the top yeah. of the dash? That's yeah, and funny. he goes, "Um, Natalie, what is that?" It's just the way you said it. I was like, no, was, "You know what, Julian? This is what happens." It when was you don't classic. It's a it's nice car, great seating, very comfortable, and I was like, "Wow, this it's a speaker on the dashboard." <laughs> This is not bizarre. Dude, you gotta this do what you gotta do. What, what's your car's name, Julian? You have a car my name? My car's name? Yeah. I don't really have a name for it. I Come call my car on. the Batmobile. Oh, oh. Because it's, it's all black. What kind? Blacked out. It's a Mazda 3. Okay, nice. Julian yeah. Mitchell. Whip the Mazda. Yeah, I'm just. I whip it, speed everywhere. Shout out my speeding ticket. <laughs> Riding uh, around the streets of St. Louis. The streets I of St. Louis. I could tell a great story right now, but I don't know if. don't know if my parents are going to hear this. Do your Do parents listen, listen to every episode? Yeah, well, look, I got I got pulled over today um, because <gasps> I my what? license. Well, okay, look. look. Uh, your plate's expired? No, he thought it was. And then he was like, I'm going to run it through my computer. And then I was like, okay. And I like, no, it's not expired because I remember peeling off the little thing and put, yeah. sticking the deal on it. And he was like, nope, you're good. My fault. And I was like, dude, you just pulled me over for no reason. I'm like on my way to the shop. I got an appointment at 1030. It's like 1024. I'm on my way to the shop. The guy pulls me over. Preposterous! What a, what a joke! Oh, he's probably low on his quota. That's a joke. Yeah, you're kidding theory. me? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I That's... wasn't gonna tell him about it because they get apprehensive. Sorry. I just. I'm. I'm. I'm a mess. I'm hitting the mic. It's all right. It's all right. Well, we what? do have the moment. I want to shout out your parents because they're great people. Absolutely. Dude, they loved people. you. They were like all over it. I'm great. With, I'm great with parents. What can I say? <laughs> You are, you're an RA. No, no, you. That's that's a good trait to no, have. Well, your parents are great. Seriously. Well, I'm sure they would appreciate. Great. Let us that. let us take the bullet train will, to Wisconsin. Yeah, they did. 
Fantastic. One tank of gas got us all the way to. Wait, what car did you take? My mother's car, GMC Acadia, 2009. Okay. Ooh. Spacious. Okay. Yeah. Comfortable. Yeah, spacious for the two of us. There's a bu- <laughs> there was a bunch of room, <laughs> and we, yeah, yeah, we, we, room. we I mean, we changed in there, like at a gas station, because we didn't want to ride home in our nice, you know, clothes. Right. So. Yeah. I guess that was I a good thing. That. We didn't have to like take the clothes into the gas station bathroom. Yeah, that would have been gross. I almost did. I don't know when no, we, I when we first too, walked but... in there. I took him in there, but there was a there were two dudes, and one of them was like stinking up the bathroom, yeah, dude, and I was like, that. "There's, mm, I'm good, not doing yeah. it." Just yeah, gonna so change me in the and car. Julian just took turns, hopped in the back seat and changed. Came back to the front, whipped home real quick, real quick, real quick. So you know, I gotta do speaking it. of the Wisconsin trip, you know. Was if, that you wanna, if you want to, if wow. you want to make a segue, I'm trying. I'm trying to tee you off. I'm not sure. If <laughs> that, that was, was a great good, segue. Before uh, we get into Wisconsin, though, we're gonna start with Northwestern. Okay. Just gonna bring Northwestern up, so it's not like we're glossing over it. I'm um, not gonna do a big recap for it, cause then we'd have three games to recap, and that is just way too much. Um, so Northwestern, it was a quick home win for Michigan State, kind of a a tune-up following Minnesota, or what should have been a tune-up following Minnesota at home. I got the win over the Wildcats, 79 to 50. Uh, that game on January 29th, uh, pretty good, pretty easy win. Aaron Henry kind of struggled a bit in that one, um, and that is something that would linger on to the next game that we are going to go into and recap, um, which is going on the road to Wisconsin. That game on, on February 1st in Madison it was a 64-63 loss for Michigan State on the road. And honestly, as we, we go over and we recap this one, it's it's been the same story for Michigan State and their, their uh, three road losses this season. Just go on the road to a a loud, dangerous, aggressive environment, especially like the Cole Center, and start out slow. And to me, you know, every single loss, that's that's been it. You start out slow, get yourself in a hole, and it's hard to try and climb back out of that hole. They were able to make some moves and get back into it as the final score was only, um, you know, a one-point um, one difference, but just not enough for Michigan State to come out on the road and come out of the gates really slow to start. Yeah, one of those deals where the final score was not indicative of how the game really went. Obviously, Michigan State getting down by as many as 19 in the first half, I believe. Um, you just can't start that slow. Julian, you said, especially on the road, there's not much more to it than that. The Spartans just come out lax, and teams take advantage of that. They punch you in the mouth. The Big Ten this year is better than it's been in a long time. Yep. You got teams like Penn State and Illinois and Rutgers look like they're primed to maybe make a make a run of the Sweet 16. Like, who knows what's going to happen this year with the Big Ten. You can't just afford to come out and go through the motions. And I think that's something that, you know, we'll talk about the Penn State game, but after that game, when we obviously had a chance to go into the locker room and talk, a lot of the players were just set on that. You know, they know what they got to do. Uh, it's just a matter of actually doing it. But, you know, you can't can't start slow. And against Michigan on Saturday, if the Spartans start slow, they're going to lose. Right. It's been a trend of slow starts on the road especially. I mean, specifically after Cassius Winston scored the game's first bucket, then Wisconsin went on an 18-4 and run and then extended it to 19, like you said. And then um, we were just, I don't know, once once you're so behind, it's really hard to catch back up, especially when players aren't doing their jobs. And Xavier Tillman didn't have a very good game. Um, he struggled offensively, missed a lot of layups around the basket, and he was 3 of 15 and had only 7 points and 14 rebounds, while Cassius Winston had 23 points. We'll get into this, too, with the Penn State game, but it's been this constant motion of one player, specifically Cassius Winston, sort of taking the reins on the team, and that doesn't help when you're on the road, especially in a tough environment. So just getting behind 
very early, right from the start, didn't help them in their favor, and that's why they lost by a point. And when you have one player that's just doing most of the work, makes it really hard. And on the contrast to Michigan State, Wisconsin has four players in double figures uh, on a night where they had just lost Brad Davidson um, to a suspension for uh, you know hitting someone in the groin in Iowa, and then they lose Kobe King transferring out of Wisconsin. They're without two of their best, their two best players on this team, and then probably one of their biggest biggest games to pull at home, four players scoring double figures, and you know, I think that is just. One of the biggest things we're going to talk about it when we get to to Penn State, but Michigan State hasn't had a lot of nights like Wisconsin had here, where multiple players are in double figures, where multiple players are getting it going, and Reavers gets it going, Trice gets it going, Ford hit a bunch of threes, uh, Pritzel hit some threes as well. It was just it was an all around team effort from Wisconsin, and you know to me, I don't know where Wisconsin you know finishes it all out or, or gets as far in the season, but this was a a heck of a way to respond on the home floor with four players picking it up in double figures when two of your best players are out. And I thought that was pretty huge looking at this Wisconsin game. Um, another piece of this this Badger game is obviously Xavier Tillman. And, and the way he played in this one, he finishes with a stat line of seven points, 14 rebounds, um, and went three of 15 from the field, one of four from three, and a lot of key misses, a lot of missed bunnies, a lot of looks that, you know, coming in the season, we all said Xavier Tillman was, you know, All-American fantastic probably go on to the nba and he's missing layups that you'd be mad at your two-year-old for missing on a little tykes hoop these are easy shots and you know after this game a lot of slander came his way and a lot of attacks on how he played and a lot of people blame the the loss on him and you know i sit back and i look at this one and i say it wasn't his fault i mean i think the fact that you allow wisconsin to shoot 60 percent from the field in the first half and go up 16 or 19 uh on you in the first half that is the biggest reason the turnovers the and Kyle Arns had a key turnover in transition where that led to I believe it was four a forward three to end the half it's a culmination of those things versus a couple of missed opportunities for him and that's not saying he doesn't deserve part of it or he wasn't an issue in this game but I don't think everything should fall onto him and even though this was was one of his worst nights as a Spartan yeah I mean uh, Tom Izzo said it I think I'm, I'm looking for the exact quote here yeah, yeah, talking about Xavier Tillman, he says, quote, could we have snuck it out if he makes some layups or makes a layup in Indiana? Maybe. But did we deserve to win? I mean, that 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 right there kind of shows you, like, yeah, I'm with you, Julian. You can't get down 19. I don't really care how it happens or what, but it's, it's a team effort and it's a team game. And at the end of the game, you know, if you find yourself down four after you were down 19, and then you want to just act like all of a sudden it was there for the taking the whole time and it wasn't, you can't get on one specific player for having a bad game. Because, quite frankly, it is a team effort, like you said. And, you know, Tillman does have to be better because he is the second-best player on this team. And, you know, for stretches of this year, given all sorts of circumstances and context, he has been the best player on this team on uh, some games. But, you know, yeah, I'm with you. You can't really get on the guy. He was great on the glass. And I guess if there's one area of criticism, I think I, I would like to see him take a little less three-point shots because I just, don't, I, I, I just don't think that's yeah. a good shot for the Spartans. You know, I know that he believes he can make them, and I'm sure he does all the time in practice, but 
I mean, one of four against Wisconsin, that's not the end of the world, but we've all seen him shooting threes all year. Not not a lot, maybe to a game, but they don't they don't really go in at a very good clip. Yeah. And I'll, I'll get back with you on the percentages on that. But Oh, I was going to say, I have the percentage oh, you for do. you real fast. He's, so on the season, he is 12 for 38 from three-point range, which is good for 31%. Okay. And, and that's in all games and just specifically conference games. He's 7 for 21, which is 33% on yeah. the season. I mean, again, not the worst thing in the world, but I just think if you're the Spartans, you can get a better shot a better than, look that. than that. Yeah. Right, I'm right there with you guys. It is a team effort, and I don't think it was fair for everyone to react so harshly um, on Xavier Tillman's performance after that game. I mean, everyone has bad games, and he's expected to be like the complete part of that one-two tandem with Cassius and him, him being the second-best player, like you said, Trent. But like you guys, we've been saying, it's a team effort. That's been the case these past few games that Michigan State has struggled in. And Wisconsin just had really strong defense. They were good on the three-point shot. And just going off on Xavier Tillman I don't think was right. It was a complete team effort. And just getting behind early, that's that's not one person's fault. That's everybody's fault together as a whole. And I just, hey, he had one bad game. I, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, and another piece of this game, um, before we get into kind of the highlight of this one, it, it's something that I found very interesting in sitting back and looking back at the box score and also looking back at the game is Kyle Lawrence, this is the most minutes he has played in a while since um, being listed as day-to-day, you know, taken out indefinitely, whatever you want to call what happened to him, uh, his lingering in- injuries. He plays 15 minutes in this one, and I thought played some pretty good minutes um, as Gabe Brown had to sit with an illness. And, you know, I want to throw this back at you guys because obviously this is a tough question to answer because – we have no idea how much his body can give and how much he can give to this team. But I really think if you consistently look at this team and kind of the, the areas they struggle and the makeup of this team, I think a veteran like him can can go a long way into turning this team into what they, they can be. I just don't know how much he can give. And I don't know if you all see that or kind of what your, what are your thoughts on Kyle Lawrence? Um, I mean, I think it's hard to say. The guy's so injury prone. It's hard to know when he's going to have a good game. I mean, he usually puts up a few good points, but it's I don't know. It's hard to say with him if he's someone we can rely on constantly. Um, You know, it's it's nice when Izzo puts him in at some points. I don't know. It's hard to say with him. I feel like just I think there's other players like Gabe Brown or um. I don't know, we see Malik Hall a little bit when they come in. I think they're just more consistent than Kyle Lawrence. He shoots a lot of good threes. I think we saw that he had a nice one in the Penn State game towards the end. But I think, I don't know, I don't think he's as reliable as some other players that we could put in, like I said, like Gabe Brown or Malik Hall. Well, I'm kind of in a little bit of a different boat because I think that Kyle Ahrens is a player that you have to play more if you can. But like you said, Julian, it's kind of a concern given his body history and his injuries and things like that, but he is shooting 39% from three-point range this season, and that's been his calling card his whole career. Um, and, and look, just from the simple fact that he's a senior, you know, I think that that's something that that's just kind of the DNA of a time as a team. And, you know, obviously the circumstances were different in Wisconsin with Gabe Brown having some illness, but I definitely think Kyle Arnes is a guy, you know, he had a great stretch of plays in uh, versus Penn State, big three-pointer to cut the lead to I don't know what it was, but Whatever, what he cut, yeah, yeah but. he cut the lead down and then he took a charge on the other end, you know. So it, he's he's an energy guy. He comes in and spurts, you know. They when they do give him fifteen minutes, it's three, three, three. You know, it's not like long stretches of time, but mm-hmm. he can definitely provide a spark plug. And I think, especially given the fact that he is a senior, um, I think he's a guy that should get some more time. 
Yeah, this is a team that is struggling with the youth that it has and, you know, very young, but one of the guys who was a bright spot in this Wisconsin game is Rocket Watts. He had a, a pretty spectacular game and this one came out strong and he was one of the few guys who, who to me, when, you know, Michigan State's down 16, they need to go on a run, they need a scoring punch. He was one of the few players to put it on the deck and say, oh, we're, we got to score this basketball. Like, I'm, we're not going out like this in Madison, Wisconsin, in front of these fans. We're not going down 16 and losing this game and laying down like a bunch of chumps. And he puts up 16 points. He goes 6-13 from the field, 4-10 to 10 from three-point range. And uh, I don't know. I think he had uh, – I think, to me, this is may, maybe his best showing so far this season. I'm try, I can't remember the, the, the other game I'm trying to think of now where he also played pretty well. Um, but – as far as putting it all together, being aggressive, putting it on the floor, I thought this was a very good game for him. And I, I don't know where this leads to the rest of the season, but it had it brought an interesting thought to my mind. I don't know how, you know, crazy this thought. It's probably a very crazy thought, but something I just popped in there was, if if Watts continues to play like this, do you look at him more to be the third guy versus an Aaron Henry who may or may not come on for the rest of this season? Um, I yeah, I look. Rocket Watts, I think honestly was the only reason the Spartans were within a reasonable striking distance at halftime against Wisconsin. Obviously, Cassius is going to do his thing, um, and he was brilliant in that game for the you know once he got it going a little bit. But Rocket Watts was hitting very nice shots, step back threes, spinning, uh, finished layups, you know, taking guys to the hole. He was just doing his thing, and I think when he has that kind of confidence, he's a difference maker for the team. Uh, the difference is he's a freshman, so you know the the inconsistency is going to come, the ebbs and the flows. But I definitely think that you know, especially going back to the beginning of the year when you found out Josh Langford was out for a while, and now we find out he's out for the rest of the year. You looked at Rocket Watts as a guy; he can create his own shot. Like his whole life, he's been doing that. Now, obviously, this is the hardest stage he's ever played on, but I I do have faith in Rocket Watts to kind of I I think you know Wisconsin he turned the corner a little bit. And I'm excited to see what he does in the Big Ten tournament and coming up and going forward. But he's a, he, he's a big X factor, I think. Right. For him, I think it's been all about confidence. And I think we've seen glimpses from other players. But I've been really impressed with the points he's been putting up lately and the moves he's had, like you mentioned, Trent. I think, I think he can be that third guy that we've been looking for. That's been a huge discussion. And Aaron Henry, who's just been so quiet all season and we're just not sure when he's going to have that breakthrough. I think Rocket Watts is kind of becoming that next man up right behind Cassius and Xavier Tillman. Um, you know, four three-pointers and 16 points against Wisconsin, that is good from a freshman in his first in his first season playing college ball. I think, yeah, I think he can definitely be that um, that third guy that we've been looking for. And, yeah, I was impressed with his game against Wisconsin. A big prize prop for sure, and uh, the loss to Wisconsin, 64-63, the final score um, from Madison. We'll pivot and and move to Penn State now because I feel a, a lot of what we could continue to talk about with Wisconsin bled into this Penn State game. Um, so we'll take a look there. Nittany Lions come to town, um, knock off Michigan State, 75-70, uh, the final score from the Breslin Center. And I honestly, just give you my, my quick take, and uh, before we move on to get yours, this was uh, – in Penn State out toughed and outworked Michigan State in this one, and I think it, it was clear as day. You watch this game, and this team, this Nittany Lions team, came in here and on a home floor that is supposed to be one of the more contentious places to play. They came in ready to go and and were ready to knock off this Michigan State team. And I don't know how well this bodes for for the rest of the season. There's still a lot of games left, but 
if you were, you know, a Michigan State fan who was saying, oh, it's okay, road woes are, are road woes, they'll come back home and they'll fix this, this was a sign that this this Big Ten one is very serious, but also there are some issues that can translate and can move on to the rest of the season. Yeah, tough game for sure. Um, it's just different, though. It's It's a little weird because... This game, the Spartans didn't start slow. Actually, the Spartans were up eight early in the game. Just, you know, it was 12 to four, a couple minutes in, you know, hitting everything, playing good D. Xavier Tillman and Malik Hall both hit threes. That's something you're probably not going to get very often, you know, within one or two minutes of each other. So that was unique. But then, you know, they kind of let their foot off the gas. I don't know what happened. They kind of returned to the form of, you know, Wisconsin, Indiana, Purdue, that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, the Nittany Lions were up by as many as 11 in the first half. So, to me, it's all about control. Like you said, Julian, they didn't come in tough enough. They didn't, you know, prepare mentally for what they had to face. And Tom Izzo mentioned it in his postgame presser that, you know, it's a tough day to be a Spartan with D'Antonio's, Mark D'Antonio's uh, news. But at the end of the day, I don't really know if that's much of a cop-out, you know, with all due respect. I think you have to come out and be tough. You have to come out and expect what you're going to get from a Big Ten opponent, especially in your arena. And I think the Spartans really let it slip. And as far as the Cassius Winston missed free throw goes, I can't stand how people are getting on him if they were. You can't. You cannot let it come down to your best player shooting one free throw. I mean, you can't. Now, should he have made it? Yes. But he, you, what are you going to ask the guy to do? You know, he hits 86%. He's going to miss one and a half out of every 10. So that's just how it goes. Right. And that one free throw has been controlling like the whole narrative of that game, which yes. I think is completely unfair. Yes, because one, one more thing, and I, I just – you know, sorry to cut you off, but I no, was talking good. to my roommate about this too. If the Spartans win that game, does it really change your I mean, does it really change your view on how that season's been going? I mean, I know obviously a win is different than a loss, but say that say Cassius does hit that free throw and the Spartans get lucky in overtime and win by a bucket or two, do you really do you really feel any differently about how this team plays? And you know, I, I just think it's an overall thing. You know, they say they eke that game out, I think you still have things to work on. Right. I completely agree with you. I think even if they had one, I think it just still shows this game shouldn't have been that close, especially at home. But yeah, Michigan State gave Penn State way too many opportunities. They managed 55 shots where Penn State only turned over the ball nine times and took 63 shots. And speaking of turnovers, um, Michigan State had way too many. They had 15, which Penn State scored 21 points off of them, which is just ridiculous because if that number was cut down, Michigan State could have looking at the how they only lost by five they easily they probably would have won if it if turnovers weren't such a big problem and the crazy thing is is they committed seven of them in the first 13 minutes in the first half which is just completely unacceptable and I know that irks Tom Izzo like just to a T that's what he harps on all the time turnovers turnovers we have to cut them down but it's been a huge problem and Michigan State also missed quite a few layups I know some officials weren't good on some of the calls um, which I know was a problem in that first really I guess the first half and what I guess what kept Michigan State close in the first half was rebounding which they outdid Penn State 20 to 17 but it was just I don't know it was just it was tough and yeah like you said Trent that that last coming down to that last free throw with Cassius Winston I wouldn't blame any of that on him that's just not fair I love the numbers. Got the turnover stats and everything. Yeah. And that's right. I, I mean, I don't know how you can look at this game. And, I mean, obviously, Penn State played, impre- and played impressively. I, I mean, for for what this team used to be, from what they they used to be in this conference, they played great for every run Michigan State would go on every time Cassius Winston would get it going. They had a response. It, it was never one of those, oh, here's a run. Oh, 
They've gone quiet for a while. They always had some way to stop the bleeding. As you know, I think Clark Kellogg says in 2K all the time, they put a tourniquet on it. And that was, I mean, it was fantastic work from Penn State and, and all credit to what they did. But this was also on the Spartan side, a lot of just making your own bed. They made they dug, dug their own grave so many times with 15 turnovers, with an inability to score outside of Cassius Winston. And to me, I look at that, and that is the biggest issue with this team. And, I mean, I'm not, and this is one of the things that I was going to post, post to you all, but I'm not hitting the panic button. This isn't anything crazy. I don't think anyone should go, oh, this team's not going to win anything anymore. I, there is there's a lot of games left. There's a lot of time to figure this out, to put it all together, and to make a run. I mean, that's all. College basketball is just making a run and making a run at the right time, and I think there's time for that. But the, the fact is Cassius Winston scored 25 points on 8-21 shooting, and no one else got into double figures. And not just getting into double figures, but no one else showed a willingness to score and to be that guy. Xavier Tillman for... For everything he has been this season, he's been great. This is, is no knock on him, and it may be a little bit from the Wisconsin game and kind of missing a lot of shots there, but uh, for him to have nine points and only take five total shots from the field is it's ridiculous. I mean, he, he has to be that second guy. He has to have that initiative to score the ball. And we can go on and on for, for days and weeks about Aaron Henry because, I, I mean, Lord knows whenever – he is ready to turn the corner, and it's you know not throwing anything on him to to you know immediately get it done because it's basketball and it's him and it's it's whatever is going on in his head. But we don't know when that's going to turn the corner for him. And three of six shooting, it was you know better. But if he's going to be that third guy, there has to be an aggressiveness, an initiative. And I just think for the rest of this season, if if the goal is to rely on Cassius Winston and have him drive you. I, you're not going to go on this run because Cassius Winston's great, but as great as he is, defenses are going to start to realize that they only got one guy who's willing to score, and they're just going to throw everything at him, and I thought that was a big part of this game. Yeah, Xavier Tillman has to be Batman, as Tom Izzo said after the Wisconsin game. You you can't miss that many layups, and he won't, but against Penn State. And, and uh, you know, we all talked about – we talked to him. You know, all three of us sat there and had, you know, spoke with him after the game, and he he's aware – of his poor play, and he's aware of what he has to go do. So time will tell, but I definitely would look for a big bounce-back game against Michigan. Right. Tillman does need to be that second guy. There's there's no other way to put it. And with Henry being quiet, I mean, it's all about next man up throughout the rest of the season going into the tournament. And talking about this team as a whole, I mean, someone needs to step up and take authority, and I think players need to be held accountable. And I heard this in the locker room after the Penn State game. Um, Xavier Tillman was talking about how last season Matt McQuaid and Kenny Goins were the type of people that would take that leadership role and allowed players to feel comfortable in their own positions and perfect that position where they feel best. And um, I actually have a quote here from Tillman. He said, last year I could be level-headed because I knew everybody knew their job, um, who was playing, and then when Kenny or Cueto, the moment came to be snapped on, they were going to do sna- this snapping. So with them gone, I have to be that guy. I have to step up and be the vocal guy if no one else is going to be. So I think that's his huge role that he needs to step into this season. And, yeah, he's had a bad game here or there, and I still think he can be um, – the good player that we know he can be, this All-American great <clears throat> player for Michigan State. Um, but I don't know if it needs to come down to Izzo pushing them even harder, yelling at them harder. I remember Izzo also mentioned in the press conference that he said, I'm going to go hard, but not too hard. Like we, I don't know if we can do that. So I don't know. I think Izzo knows the right level to push it. And 
like we've talked about before, maybe I know Aaron Henry needs that pushing. Maybe Tillman needs that pushing too, as well as the rest of the team. So I don't know. I think they just got to find that passion, that energy. And yeah, I guess that's that's the big thing right now. Right. And I think a big part of that, that, that quote that Tillman gave you is everyone last season knew their role. And I think you look at this team now, and I think there are a lot of guys, and even Coach Izzo is still trying to figure out you know, what everyone's role is. And they're all trying to understand what they do and what they can offer to this team. And I feel like that's the, the crossroads that this Michigan State team sits at right now is understanding what they have, who they are, and what they can be. You know what Winston is. He knows what he's going to do. He knows what he's going to give. But you got to figure out what Gabe Brown is going to be, what Aaron Henry's going to be, you know, even what Malik Hall will be, who that four spot is. I mean, Tillman has an idea, but I th- I think I agree that he, he will bounce back in this Michigan game I think that in the, that Wisconsin game kind of bled into Penn State here. But they, they just have to be comfortable as a team. And that was one of the things, I you know, I got from his quotes and, and put in a, a piece I came out with after that game is they are working on togetherness. And they, you know, they had a, a point at last season when they went through this similar stretch of losing three straight in February of where McQuaid and Kenny came in and they said some words and that put the team on the right path. And Tillman, Henry, Arns, they all said some words. And I mean, I think this is the point where they, they have to dictate their own future and they have to see where they're going to go from here. So an interesting start. And I'm going to throw this out to you guys because I did kind of give my thoughts on it. But I see a lot of people, Twitter, um, even some people in this impact station kind of ready to hit the panic button. If not, they're hovering over the panic button. I want to know where you guys sit with this team at this point of the season. Obviously, a big Michigan game and then a big Illinois game um, coming up for this team. Kind of where do you all sit? Uh, what is the the state of the Spartans? In the words of Xavier Tillman, relax. I think a lot of uh, people are overreacting a little bit. And, <clears throat> excuse me, like you said, Julian, there's a lot of big games left. There is at Michigan. There is at Illinois. Maryland is still on the schedule two times, and they're a team that's above Michigan State right now in the Big Ten standings. So I think you look at some of this stuff, and it's like if the Spartans can just kind of bippity-boppity-boo, figure it out pretty quick here, things will be just fine. Bippity-boppity-boo. I, I couldn't think of anything. That <laughs> was really stupid. Godmother. Can we edit that out? Can we cut that? Nope, that's Dan. And that, I don't I, know how to edit. So Well, I don't either, so that makes two <laughs> of us. And neither do I. Three so of us. Three. Big three. Yeah, I just throw in an intro. Big and three. Woo-woo. Like, Woo-woo. Woo woo! Big Studio H, yeah. basement of Holden Hall. But in, in all in all honesty, uh, all jokes aside, um, yeah, I think if this team just kind of figures it out, and that that's like such a lazy take, by the way. But I do think if the team figures it out, and I think I think this Saturday against Michigan is the opportunity to right the ship. Nothing gets these guys' blood flowing like this, you know. Get this game, get this win, come back home, or you know, get another win at Illinois, and just keep building on it because this is the time that we usually see these Thomas O teams start to roll. We've been talking about this time in the year all season. All three of us have sat here at this desk, and we've talked about in February and in March and in April, hopefully. So just just get it to click, man, because I know that this the, with that coach and that point guard and that you know Xavier Tillman. This team can go as high as they'll take them, and I don't think I, I want to say because I don't think it's a lazy take. And I, I mean, there are eight games left. This team was at a similar point, probably quote unquote maybe worse point. Yeah, if you want to go as far as to say they year. lost three straight last year at this same time. Like I don't, all the people. I mean, obviously this team has issues, and I'm gonna be the first one to tell you this team has issues, and they have problems that need to be fixed, or else you know it's bye bye early March, but. There's eight games left to figure that out. If you now, if you tell me later on as we get, you know, um, 
like say there's three games left and you want to and they still have these issues then yeah i'm all aboard this team's out early march but right now eight games left and they were in the same spot last season give the uh, this to me this is the stretch this michigan illinois maryland and don't show me something in this three-game stretch then sure i'll hop aboard the train well, I think this is key. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And one more thing I just want to bring up is I'm not sure, you know, especially looking at the rest of the country, I I just don't see any team that is definitively better at than Michigan State when Michigan State's at its best. So, that I mean, because this is a weird year in college basketball. you got to remember, North Carolina's not very good. You know, Duke obviously kicked Michigan State's butt here, but they're not they're not like necessarily in all they're not world beaters. They had a tough game you know? against Boston exactly. College. Exactly. They lost to Stephen F. Austin early in the season. Now that was early too, but I, I just uh, Baylor is the best team in the country. Do you trust Baylor? Do you, I, I don't know if it's one of those things where you, time will tell. We'll see. All I'm saying is when you look around the country, I'm not sure if there's many teams that are definitively better than these Spartans. I agree exactly with what you guys said. I think looking back to this time last season, it's kind of funny how it's this same sort of middle of the road slump where last season they lost three in a row. Right now we're doing horrible on the road, just lost one at home. For me, I, I'm i not ready to hit the panic button, but it is in the back of my mind because doing so poor on the road, I don't think that's going to, I mean, if that keeps up, I don't think that's going to do very well in our favor as we, as we go towards you know, the Big Ten tournament, and I just, I don't know. That worries me. You got teams that win championships are ones that can play well on the road and at home, and usually we're very dominant here in the Breslin Center, and, you know, that didn't really show on Tuesday night, and I don't know. I'm not ready to hit the panic button, but it is in the back of my mind because I think these road game woes, I think that's something to worry about, and I think not having that third guy step up is also something to worry about. I think it's going to happen. Like you said, Julian, I think these next three games are the most important. I mean, Maryland at home, at Michigan. I mean, these Illinois on the road. I think these are all – these are great games. And I think it would show a lot about this team if they were at, able to get all three wins. Not saying it's going to happen, but I think it would really show a lot. And like you mentioned, Trent – Nothing gets your blood boiling more than playing your in-state rival. So they're going to have more fire under their butts than usual just because of this game tomorrow in Ann Arbor. And then going to Illinois on Tuesday at Illinois, that's going to say a lot if they can pull off that win because they're currently tied for first with Maryland. And then Maryland's the next game. So I think it would say a lot about this team if we finally start to go on a run. But until then, I do kind of have in the back of my mind, you know, hitting that panic button a little bit. Like I'm not I'm not freaking out, but it's just it's there in my mind, just with with this trend that's been going with their road losses. So that's a good place to be, and I like that. I think we're we're all you know on the same page. And to anyone who you know, you go back and you say, "Oh, these guys are just too hopeful," you know, whatever. We I think we all have clearly addressed the issues that this team faces, and you're right. exactly right. Road <laughs> road woes are serious. You can't win on the road. How can you be expected to go and win? What six games on a neutral floor? Right, exactly my point. Against yeah, better competition. March Madness, Big Ten tournament. Those are all not here at the Breslin Center. So I just think that's something to worry about. I think, I think, as they realize how close March actually is, I think something will click like it did last year when they went out and won fourteen of the next fifteen or whatever it may, whatever it was. But. Anyways. Very right. And then there's a big game coming up tomorrow. We will be in attendance um, for the Michigan game, rivalry game. Kind of different stakes than last year. Both games last year, very late in the season. Uh, this one, 
both teams kind of come in at a crossroads. I mean, both teams have the potential after this one to go on a run, to change their season around. Michigan has the ability to, to, to bounce back from uh, their record 13-9 and so far on the season, 4-7 and in the Big Ten at 12th in the conference. They have a chance to maybe take this game and then go on a run and run away with it and, and get themselves back into the conversation. Michigan State has a chance to, to get itself back on the right track, to kind of, you know, re-announce to the world, hey, we're still here. We struggled a bit, but we're still around. Um, so kind of a big game, different stakes, but still a big game in this one at the Chrysler Center. Uh, Michigan coming in, uh, they won their last three games. They had won two in a row, uh, but dropped a matchup to Ohio State prior. Uh, I think that game that game was also on Tuesday, uh, the Tuesday night. Michigan State played Penn State. They dropped that game to Ohio State, a close one uh, at Chrysler. A um, couple things to report so far as this Michigan game. Did see earlier today Brendan Quinn, um, respected, well-respected, great writer for The Athletic. Um, he had tweeted out that he was told Isaiah Livers went through a full practice yesterday, Thursday, um, and apparently looked good. Obviously just kind of using what he was told, what he tweeted out there, but just throwing that into the mix. Don't know whether he will play or not. Um, Isaiah Livers obviously reactivating. Uh, I think it was a people blanking on it. I think it was a groin injury, but re-aggravated his injury um, and has been sitting out for the last few games for Michigan, could potentially play in this Michigan State game. No idea on the status of him. Um, looking at Michigan, Brandon Johns has been playing better, um, has been looking really good, and I think this is a game, as I said, for them that could really turn around their season and should be a pretty good matchup in the Chrysler Center. There's almost an extra motivation here uh, because, like you said, Julian, last year the games were a little bit different stakes. I think the difference this year is that Michigan is not as good as they were last year, and now you kind of look at the Spartans have a chance to really like turn the tide here and make <clears throat> put the pressure on Michigan to even make the tournament. You know, if the Spartans go in and beat Michigan up at their own their home court as the, as they did here at the Breslin Center, but I think when you look at this this matchup, I think the biggest thing for Michigan State is going to be obviously you got to come out you know faster than you did against Purdue. We already talked about all that stuff coming out strong. I think the biggest thing is just three-point defense. you got to make sure that the Michigan Wolverines do not hit their shots. They don't get anything fired up. They don't get anything going at Chrysler Center because that crowd will get into it, and it will be a long day if you're just giving them threes and playing Olay defense. With that being said, I don't think there's a single area on the court that Michigan has a better anything than Michigan State. And I think a Michigan that's if Michigan State is playing to their full potential. I think Xavier Tillman is a lot better than John Teske. I think Cassius Winston's a lot better than Xavier Simpson. I think the Spartan shooters are better than Michigan Wolverines shooters. I understand that Michigan, I mean, it's a rivalry game. Everyone's going to get up for it no matter what. We all know that. We've watched countless of these games in our lives. So I just think if you let Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman lead you to a win, maybe not a sustainable formula, but just get that win, get back on track, and then you head to, head to Illinois on Tuesday looking to make it two in a row. Right. There's high stakes for both of these teams, I think. Both of them are looking to get that spark. You know, Michigan maybe to save their season and Michigan State to continue building on their season and go well into these next eight games or whatever you said is left, Julian, and into the tournament. Um, it's funny how the first game when they played here at Breslin, it was a top 15 matchup, and now Michigan isn't even in the top 25 um, so now it's just, yeah, it's that whole, both teams trying to redeem themselves, but with Michigan state, they've struggled on the road, like we've mentioned and harped on, that's a little bit of a worry, especially because Chrysler center is going to be booming really loud with people, just like how Wisconsin was. Um, you guys were there. You can probably attest to how loud that crowd was. Um, but in Michigan's going to 
try to stay on Cassius Winston and that's going to be their big thing. And as long, like you said, yeah, three point um, defense, I think that's really important. And they, sh- Michigan State should be able to win this game. But like we've seen on the road, you never know. It's hard to say. I think th- I think they'll get the win. I think they just with the extra fire under their butts, I think they're going to do it. But it's hard to say. Yeah. I don't know. I like that. I like it. And Trent, I agree with your point. I think shooting is key for slowing down Michigan. I think if you know if Eli Brooks gets into it and knocks down a couple of triples, that's huge for the Wolverines. 20 points against Nebraska. 20 points against Nebraska. Huge for them. Brandon Johnson beginning to go on. He had 20, 20, uh, 20 points against Rutgers in a big game for them at, at Madison Square Garden. He's been turning it on. He's been getting it going. And I think, you know, you look back at the first game Michigan and Michigan State played against each other and one of the biggest things you see, Winston had his probably his best game, uh, maybe of his career. It can you know you can argue whatever you want with the Duke game prior, or whatever other games, but 32 points, nine assists, pretty much lit up the Wolverine defense, and a lot of that was because of their defense on ball screens. I definitely think Michigan will throw something different at those. They did a lot of drop coverage in the first game, and I don't think they're going to allow for that one. Allow Winston to pick them apart. I think the easiest game plan is to to throw what you can at Winston and make somebody else beat you. Um, and so I, I think it'll be an interesting game. It's going to be a, a lot of things about adjusting whatever game plan each team decides to come out with. is It's going to be interesting as to what they decide to do, um, and it should be a pretty good one in Chrysler Center. I, I don't think this is a, a pushover, an easy game whatsoever. And again, on the road for Michigan State, they've struggled on the road 3-3 three three so far on the season um, and a very hostile crowd in what should be a very good Saturday rivalry game. Um, that game will be. Well, let me see. When is it being? What is? Who is broadcasting it? Fox. So uh, February eighth, that Saturday tomorrow, twelve p.m. Broadcasted on Fox again. Myself, Trimbali, Natalie Kerwin will all be in attendance. We'll have your pre-post, in-game content, whatever you need. Uh, so make sure to keep it locked to at WDBM Sports, uh, at J underscore Mitchell twenty five, at Tbal ninety one, and at Natalie, Natalie Kerwin, Kerwin one. one. I had it. For Bingo. a minute, I was you did. Say, in Kerwin. <laughs> I was like, in Kerwin, no, it has her name in it. Um, so keep track there for that Michigan game. We'll move on, do a preview for Illinois because that game will be on Tuesday, so we won't have another Tuesday pie for you. We'll maybe do it on Friday again. Maybe yeah. I don't know if this time works, but we'll get a podcast out that week following that game. Um, Trent, Joe Dandron, and Alex McCray will be in attendance for that Illinois game. Uh, Tuesday on ESPN, 9 p.m., a Super Tuesday matchup on the Espen. Um, Illinois having it having a really good season. 16 and 6, 8 and 3 in the Big Ten. They are currently tied for first with Maryland. Um, they recently lost a big away matchup against Iowa, 72-65, and they're gonna look to rebound. They actually play uh today at home against number nine Maryland. So a big game for Illinois. Those are two top two of your top your actually not two of. They are the top ten top teams um in the Big Ten. So a big matchup at home against Maryland. Um, quick thoughts. What do you guys think about Illinois? Um, and any thoughts and predictions for this game? They're an athletic team. And I think, you know, if the Spartans get into trouble at Michigan, it's going to be really hard to win this game at Illinois. And that's why I think that you have to, when you're going to two hostile environments in a row, like Ann Arbor and Champaign, you got to make sure that you got, you know, you're doing your staples as Xavier Tillman calls it. You know, you got to get play defense, rebound and run. And, if the Spartans do that, I think they'll beat anybody. But specifically looking at Illinois, I think I like some of the Spart- some of the matchups for the Spartans athletically. Um, and I just, you know, it's a, it is a tough place to play. You know, obviously Illinois. I remember watching the Michigan game, Michigan versus Illinois earlier in the season, and they just play really hard. They play tough, and the fans get into it. So you got to make sure you keep the crowd out of it. Uh, if you beat Michigan, I think you roll in with a lot of confidence, and I think you get the job done. 
Right. I think this game will be wild, personally. Illinois is 12-1 and at home, so that's that's worrisome. That's like how Purdue is amazing at home, too. I don't know if they're still undefeated. Not sure. But um, I think, yeah, going on the road, that's hard for Michigan State, as we've seen. Um, I think, yeah, if they if they beat Michigan, I think they'll have this confidence hopefully going into that game on Tuesday. But it's hard to say, especially with when they're going on the road and they're playing a team that's 12-1 at home. So, and Illinois is tied for first with Maryland right now, and I guess tonight's game between the two will determine who takes the cake on that. But still, number one, number two, whatever it ends up being, I think I think it's going to be a challenging one for, for Michigan State personally. Should be some good games. Uh Get your predictions. Predictions on the split. Michigan, Illinois, two games. What are we thinking? Two and zero, one and one. I'm gonna. I'll go first, and I'll say I think they go one and one. Get the win at Michigan, and I, I will say a drop at Illinois. I I agree, I agree with you, Julian. One and one. Same thing. Win at Michigan, lose spot. Illinois. I'm gonna say two and zero, I, and and I'm gonna say bold. I like it. I'm gonna say a convincing two and zero. I'll leave it at that. Convincing right. is up for up for discretion. <laughs> it's up for discretion. Yes, I like it. I like the pick. All right, that's been it, guys. Episode eight, season seven of Impact the Zone, and one's in the books. Friday edition of the podcast. So make sure you're keeping up with us. We're on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, again, follow us on Twitter at WDBM Sports. We'll have content in Ann Arbor tomorrow from Michigan. Trent, Joe Dandron, Alex McCray will have it from Illinois um, in Champaign. Hopefully, they don't get lost or have too much fun down there. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what we get into. They we have smartphones. We'll be all right. <laughs> Well, we hope. We hope. Uh, <laughs> we really hope so. So follow us at WDBM Sports. You can follow me at J underscore Mitchell25, at TBAL91, and at Natalie Kerwin1. Follow us for all the content. We got it all. It's coming. We're getting to the, the deep part of the season. We'll be back with another episode of Impact Izzo next week. Until then, we'll see you all next time. <laughs>